When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf, and welcome to my podcast. Each week, I focus on topics related to mental health and discuss ways to help you deal with issues like anxiety, depression, shame, guilt, PTSD, and more. I've spent the last 30 years researching the mind-brain connection and mental health. I worked with patients who suffered from traumatic brain injuries, struggled with anxiety, battled with learning issues, and often worked with families to resolve major relationship and communication problems. In this podcast, you will hear the advice I gave to my patients and the techniques I developed and used to help them find healing. My goal is to give you simple, effective and practical tips and tools to help you take back control over your mental, emotional and physical health. Before I begin today's discussion, I want to just take a moment to thank everyone who has supported this podcast, either by leaving a review, spreading the word, sharing episodes with friends and family, and posting about this podcast on social media. I love reading your reviews and learning how I can make this podcast even more helpful. Like this review from Artsy Girl. Your podcasts are so powerful. So many times the words hit right in that moment of need and really change my mindset. Such clear and understandable teachings on how our minds and brains work and how we can improve. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you, Article, and now back to today's podcast. Today we are going to discuss how to help someone who just won't listen and who just doesn't want help and tips for dealing with a difficult family member, spouse, or friend. I'm sure you know someone personally or are related to someone who just seems to keep making the wrong decisions or doing something that is straining relationships and all you want to do is help them. I know how frustrating it may seem when they don't want to listen and I know how annoyed you may be feeling to the point where you just feel like giving up. I've been there. In fact, this podcast today is inspired by my own personal life. I had a recent friend who was talking to me about being frustrated and upset by her current life choices, and she's really struggling to deal with the past choices she has made, and even those of her parents that have affected her, or so she feels. It has got to the place where she is withdrawing from many of her close friends and is becoming increasingly aggressive in her conversations, making her quite hard to be around at times. She tends to snap every time she's misunderstood and pushes her point of view. So, in this podcast, I'm going to walk you through what I did and am still doing to help my friend and our relationship. First, it's really necessary to let go of indignation or feelings of hurt, no matter how justified you feel they are. 
For example, my friend, as in the midst of her conversation, as I was trying to reflect back what she was saying to me to try and understand what she was saying, she would start attacking and saying really negative things or very sarcastic little barbs. And immediately I found myself feeling kind of hurt and thinking, gosh, you know, I'm trying to help you and you're attacking me. What I had to do in order to carry on the conversation in a healthy way was to change this idea that I had in my head of this person is attacking me or how can they do this after all I've done for them. I had to change that mindset into something positive because that mindset was definitely starting to interfere with our interaction and our communication. It wasn't being helpful because that thinking and my response was reflected in how my, my body language, my eyes, my tone of voice, and it started making the interaction worse. I needed to realize that the other person's thinking and behavior might actually be distorted because of the toxic mindsets they have, because of what they're going through, which is why they were talking to me in the first place. And therefore, they may not, may not even be aware of doing that or deep down what's wrong that's stuck inside of them, what's going on inside of them. Or they may just not even care. They may just be lashing out because everything is a little kind of messed up and distorted in their mind and how they're perceiving the situation. And what they're really doing is asking for help, even if it is in a really messed up roundabout way. The success component in managing this kind of situation effectively is to look at yourself, bury the pride, bury the hurt, bury the it's about me, look what they're doing to me, bury the desire to correct them to justify that you're right and they're wrong, or to fix them, or to see this is not fair. Bury all of that. That because that will put the other person on the defense. You do not want to put the other person on the defense. It's so counterproductive. Because what's happened here is that now you've become the victim, and it's all about you, and now you can't help them anymore. So instead of you being helpful, it's actually become a situation that about you, it's become selfish. And so instead of seeing or recognizing the inner turmoil in the other person, you become focused on your own pain. So don't take it personally. I found myself doing this and I had to make a decision in the midst of that situation not to do that. This was a series of conversations and I have to tell you the first one did not go well. The second one was kind of a little better because I realized what was going on. But for some reason, the third conversation was pretty bad. And I felt, I felt myself progressing from this, why are you doing this to me? I'm just trying to help you. I slipped into that victim mentality. At the end of that conversation, there was a little bit of time apart. And I actually just made a decision to go and speak to someone that I really trust and just express my emotions. I was really upset. And that person shifted my mindset, told me what I tell everyone else, told me to do, take a sort of dose of my own medicine and told me, hey, you're taking this personally. This is not about you. And then the statement that they made that really, really made me change and see things differently was this. This person said to me, it's an honor that this person is coming to you. The fact that it's all toxic and distorted in between the content that they're trying to express, that's not the issue. The issue is this person is coming to you and talking to you. It's an honor that they keep doing that because they sense that there's something that you know that can help them. So don't take it personally. Don't become the victim. It took that person telling me, the person that I trusted, to make me see that I was being the victim and I couldn't help this person. So once I shifted that, the whole next few conversations changed completely. The second thing 
that we have to do in these situations is manage our expectations. Manage your expectations going into the conversation because you won't be prepared if you don't and you may be bamboozled by an unexpected turn of conversation. There's four things you can do in terms of expectations. The first one is be realistic. Have a realistic expectation based on facts and not emotions. Be logical. So for me, the next conversation after that good discussion with the person I trust about me being the victim was to go into the next conversation with this, my other good friend that I was helping by realizing that this person's in a bad place. They're not attacking me directly. It's not about me. It's about them trying to process what's going on. I expect that that may happen again, but it's not going to throw me. The second thing about realistic expectations or managing expectations is you need to have hopeful possibilities. You need to realize going into that conversation that there's always hope, that there's a whole lot of different possibilities that could arise out of the situation. So in my example, my expectation now was one of realism, that they may be toxic or whatever. But I also went in with a very hopeful expectation that things could change, that they may see things differently, that I will handle it better, that I'll say the right words. So I went in with such a lot of hope into the conversation. I wasn't sure exactly what the hopeful possibilities would be, but I went in knowing that there were hopeful possibilities in this situation of communication, what that person said, what I said back, and so on. Third thing is flexible expectations. Don't be rigid. Adjust accordingly. So going with maybe one or two hopeful expectations, but don't be rigid. Be prepared to change. Don't be stuck. Well, it's got to be like this. Be able to listen to what that person is saying and adjust your expectations accordingly. By the way, all these things, these different possibilities and expectations and mindsets, I do discuss in depth in my book, Think, Learn, Succeed. And the fourth thing in terms of expectations, and that is actually related to realistic expectations, is realize the time commitment involved in this process. Realize you're going to have to do a large amount of the work. Realize that it's going to not happen overnight. Realize that you may have to have multiple conversations over multiple weeks. Realize you may become a punching bag and actually see that as an honor because that person is using you or it believes that you have the solution. It's more a frustration on their part coming out as opposed to attacking you. They're frustrated, so they're throwing things at a person that they trust. Obviously, if it's physically harmful, get out and get help. You may become a scapegoat. They may say things that are completely unrelated to anything about what you've done or said. Remember, it's not you. Remember, it's their pain coming out in what they're saying. They're trying to work this thing out. Conversations also might be very one-sided for a while, and that's not going to be easy, but it's going to change. Remember that we are connected. There's a great principle in quantum physics called entanglement, and entanglement means that we are connected and we affect each other, that on, this, on a non-physical level, we pick up on each other's energy that our thoughts are generating. So if you're going in calm, expecting all the different mindsets that I mentioned already, that you will then generate an energy from you. Einstein spoke about this. You will generate photons, literally little packets of energy from you that go and literally hit that other person in a good way. Because if they're coming from you in a positive sense, it's like a very powerful love energy that goes into that person. And research shows that when you do that, you help activate a gene inside the depths of the brain and a structure of the brain 
called the hippocampus. And when that gene is activated, people's resilience increases. Also, when you immerse people in a lot of patient, gentle love, and by this kind of listening, by putting up with these things in a realistic way, you help them to be able to see what they couldn't see. In other words, you kind of like open their eyes. But if you become the victim and defensive and justifying and arguing, it's just going to become a big fat argument and no one can see anything. So instead of this becoming negative and turning into an argument, remember it takes time to change thoughts. You've often heard me teach on these podcasts and in my books that it takes 63 days for thoughts to, for new thoughts to form and become habits. The third thing is we need to realize that there's a deeper message below the outward actions and words. Focus on that. Keep reminding yourself there's a deeper message. All the time you are helping this person to get to that deeper message. Keep in mind the bigger picture as well. Why are you doing this? So when you feel, oh, I can't take any more of being a punch bag or a scapegoat or these barbs or snipes or keep in mind the bigger picture. Why are you doing this? You care about the person. You're helping the person. You love that person. They mean something to you. You want the best for them. You want to help get them free. Remember the bigger picture and remember the deeper message. In my situation, my friend just wanted her friend to help her and she trusted me enough to let all the venom come out in amongst all the sentences. Before we continue, I want to take a quick break and tell you about and invite you to my 2019 Mental Health Summit in Dallas, Texas, December 6 and 7. In this conference, you'll learn scientifically researched mental self-care techniques to help you overcome mental ill health, help others and help your community. You will not only gain more knowledge about the current problems in mental health care, but also about real, long-term, sustainable solutions and how to apply these solutions in your own life and in your community. In this summit, you will learn how to overcome mental health issues like anxiety and depression, learn how to help children and teens, learn correct nutrition and exercise to boost your mental health, learn how to identify and define your unique identity based on neuroscientific research, learn how to improve memory, learn how to help family members and loved ones who struggle with mental ill health, learn how to avoid burnout and manage stress, learn how to deal with disappointment, learn how to overcome intrusive and chaotic thinking, and so much more. For more information and to register, go to drleafconference.com. One last thing before we get back to this week's podcast. I want to give a big thank you to everyone who has donated so far to my research project fundraiser. So far, we have raised over 41,000 out of our 120,000 goal. 100% of these funds are going directly to this project. And so far, we have used what we have raised to pay lab technicians, research design, pre-test statistical analysis, and more. The results from this research project and clinical trials will help us make mental health care more accessible, affordable, and applicable for people all around the world. Please keep sharing the word about this project with friends and family. For more information on this project and to donate, visit drleafresearch.com.
Fourth thing, go into conversations and interactions wanting to engage on topics that interest the other person. This will help build trust and relationships and also allow for deep conversations to naturally flow where the person may be more receptive. Engaging in what they like shows that you really care and that you've really listened to them, that you've really tuned into who they are as a person and what they care about, you care about. That creates this wonderful, entangled love energy that helps their brain and body function at a much better level, which then helps, helps the mind-brain connection to work more efficiently. Make sure to do this without any judgment or falseness. It must be genuine. I mean, it might be that you don't know much about their topic, but you could actually say things that uh, I really love to know more. Tell me more about this, or I know you're super interested in this or that. And another really important thing, only bring examples from your life when they ask this person to help open the way for deeper conversations. When we give our own examples of our own life too quickly, people don't feel listened to. They don't feel heard. It feels like it's shifting away from them to you. So we need to make sure that when they're ready, they'll say, you know, something like, can you help me? Or have you ever experienced this? Or do you know what I'm talking about? And those are the sort of openings that you can look for and you could bring in something. Yeah, you know, in my life, I think I've gone through something like that. Does this sound like it? So it's all very honoring of what that person's story is. We need trust for openness. People need to trust us. They need to trust that you're really listening. Fifth thing, when starting to talk about the major issue, when you start getting to the root of the real thing, this is where you really have to practice empathy. You're using empathy throughout the situation. When the deep stuff starts really coming out, the reason why, practice empathy and be careful to avoid slipping back into a victim mentality or trying to justify, especially if they've attacked you. Empathy means getting down in the dirt with people, experiencing their pain alongside them or indicating to them that you're not going through what they're going through so you can't understand it fully, but we're there for them. We want to try and understand it. We want to care and nurture them and help them. You want to acknowledge that what they're going through is real. Empathy really, even if you don't think it's real, even if you think it's not something that would affect you, that doesn't matter. This is not about you. This is about them. This is very real for them. And when you express this in a very genuine way, very authentic and empathetic way, that person is going to be able to see themselves in a different light. They feel that they're not alone in this battle. They feel heard. This changes the resilience in the brain. Again, once again, this actually increases the resilience in the brain. When, we are, when our brain switches that increase physical and mental resilience, switch on, it's so much easier to have a clearer mind because your brain, mind works through your brain. So you want your brain working in the best possible way. When that little genetic switch switches on and resilience increases, it generates a different kind of energy from the brain. Therefore, your brain becomes easier to use to process the information. Do not bring up comparisons or how you feel. So don't compare that person to someone else or to yourself or to different situations or how you feel. Frame everything as, I may be wrong, but I could be reading you wrong. Correct me if not. Reduce the defensiveness. Reduce defensive language. Be very self-regulated. Listen more than you're talking. Listen to the person. And when you're talking, listen to what you're saying. Very measured, very calm. 
For example, when talking to teens, do not, and you're an adult, do not compare your life to theirs. Do not say, when I was young, it is an immediate block. Understand when you tell the person you're helping something that they may not actually want to hear what you've got to say. This is now the point where we get into the deep, real issue. And they may get very defensive, even aggressive, even nasty. Just remain calm and just listen. Let them vent. Six, throughout this whole process, remember to protect your own mental health because it will be hard. How can you do this? Have a designated person that you can talk to, to vent and to process what you're going through, to get advice, to get a different perspective, to say, okay, this is what they're saying and this is the progress and this is where they're at and this is how I felt and how can I manage this? So you then get the help you need from someone else. Also have thinker moments. I talk about this in my book, Think, Learn, Succeed. Think of moments of times where you just switch off to the external and just switch on to the internal and just daydream. Just have times where your mind just wanders. This helps your brain rest. It helps your brain reboot because our brains get very tired from all this mental energy. And then it does help you get more clarity of thinking. If you keep pushing through, you can get exhausted and then you won't be able to do any of the things I've just described. Use technology to your advantage. For example, don't answer straight away if they text you or if they've left you a voicemail. Listen to them, read them, take time to process, maybe get advice from the person that you, is your designated person you can talk to to vent. Big thing is don't be reactive. Take time before you respond. And set boundaries. For example, as you're sitting there listening to that person and it's all very well for me to tell you don't get upset and everything and they might say something really vicious and venomous. Help, it happened to me. And I had to remember a little technique that I gave to a lot of my patients and I've used that and it's been used very successfully in my own life, my family's life and many of my patients over the years. And that is just imagine that you have an, a shield on you, like an armor, a suit of armor that you, I imagine myself in a fully dressed suit of armor. And I imagine that all those little barbs are like little arrows that are just bouncing straight off, but they're not penetrating through the armor. So just get some kind of a, a visual. So as I was speaking to this person and they started saying this really nasty thing, in the victim mentality state without my armor on, I felt my face expression changed. I felt tears kind of building up in me, emotions building up. My whole body went tense and this person saw it and immediately there was an aggressive response. So the next time that that happened, I remembered the shield and I put up a shield and I remembered, okay, what did, and I said to myself, in putting up the shield, there was a mental component. This is not about me. This is not personal. This is just the person's frustration coming out. So it just bounced straight off. I said that so mentally, I visualized the shield and I, met, and I saw those words bouncing off. And I, mentally, I told myself, this is not a direct attack on me. This is just a way of words that they were using and using me as a punch bag. And because I love them, I'll do this. I just gave myself like a little mental health talk. Take other mental health breaks. Like I love my infrared sauna and I find when I really need to take a break and in between my schedule, in between something like this, I'll go sit in my sauna and watch my favorite movies or just switch off and have time where I can calm down and go into like a little cocoon. So try and find your little mental break, mental health breaks that you can build into your daily lifestyle. So coming back to my story, about my friend who came, who's trying to process this issue that she's going through. The first thing I had to do was let go of my victim mentality. 
I had to not real I had to realize that her barbs were not directed at me and not make it about me. Every conversation that I'm going into and that I did in this process, I was really managing my expectations. I saw this as an honor that she was talking to me. I was realistic in that yes, it's probably still going to be quite hectic and challenging and not very pleasant at times this conversation and quite emotionally demanding, so I had a realistic expectation. I had a hopeful possibility expectation in that I thought, okay, well, as she's talking, at least she's getting it out and there's many possibilities as she explores and talks it through. I know that when we do that, we start finding solutions. I was very flexible knowing that not every conversation is going to go well. Some might change. And within within the midst of a conversation, I found myself realizing that I had to, I, I couldn't be inflexible because we'd go in, the conversation would start out great and we'd think, okay, we're on, on a, on a, we, we winning. And then suddenly it changed dramatically. And so I didn't throw me. It did in the beginning. I thought I was on a winning wicket and we're going somewhere and suddenly we went back 500 steps, it felt like. So I wasn't rigid and I'm practicing that and it's helping me. And as I go into further conversations, I'm not going to be rigid. I'm not going to be thrown if it feels like we're moving forward and then move backwards. I also am realizing this is going to take time and I'm in for the long haul. I've made that decision. I don't know how many conversations, how many times we'll have to talk, but I'm in it for the long haul. And I, the other thing is I'm all the time, I'm getting deeper and deeper insight into the message, the deeper message. As this person's talking to me, I'm starting to see, and I'm getting a pretty good idea at this point of what the main thing is. Now I'm trying to get the detail as, as she talks to me in more detail. I'm trying to get the detail of the cause. I should say the underlying real issue. I'm going into the conversation realizing that my body language is, has got to be, and my facial expression and so on has to be very much one of a genuine, caring, non-judgmental approach because she's going to pick up if I'm negative in any way. I'm just going in there with, I love this person. I'm going to help them. It's helping so much. It's just even sending a text to this person yesterday. I was really upset about something that happened yesterday in the conversation. So I had to kind of go back to square one. And once I had gone through all these little tips I'm giving you to with myself, literally, I decided to send them a really loving text. And instead of sending them, I wanted to send them a text that was like, you know, get yourself together, kind of a, almost like a fix you, correct you, justify sort of text. But I didn't. I practiced all these things and crafted a text that was very much based on all these principles. The response was so worth it. There is, and in talking to that person today, it's a totally different like feeling between us. So yesterday was a real breakthrough day for me. I'm really practicing my empathy. I'm really getting down in the dirt. I'm not trying to see this as, oh gosh, that's not so bad. I'm not saying things like, oh, that's not so bad. Look at it from this angle. I'm not saying those things. I'm actually hearing that person. I'm saying, wow, I see what you're saying. That, that is tough. To explain it more to me. I want to understand more. It's working like a bomb. I am also protecting my own mental health. I am speaking to as after the, after the, not every conversation, but when I feel like I can't cope or that I've been thrown off, off track a little, I do speak to that person. I am setting boundaries. I don't answer the text immediately. I make sure that if I am going to answer the phone call that I've, you know, that I'm mentally prepared, that I don't answer when I'm rushing between work things and different places. I make sure that I'm in a place where I can actually have a conversation and so on. So in summary, I cannot give you the exact answers that you need if you're in a situation like this, because I don't know your problem intimately, nor do I know you, your situation or the person's problem. 
I can't give you the exact words that you need to say, but that is the reason for these podcasts, to give you the knowledge to understand certain principles and to give you more knowledge on how to handle them, to understand yourself better so that you can help others. My books have great information as well that will help you in this, in this journey. Just know that at the end of the day, that if you are persistent and protect your own mental health, it will get better. I have seen this in my own life with my friend, my most recent example, this friend's journey that I'm going through her with, my family and my patients. If you are interested in learning more about how you can improve your mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Be sure to leave me a review and tune in next week. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf.